0: Hey everyone, it's Josh. This week, instead of giving our normal introduction, I just wanted to say a few quick words. When we say life on Side B is a ministry of Posture Shift, that means that Posture Shift picks up the costs of the podcast that are not covered by our patrons. I'm saying this because currently Posture Shift is doing a spring fundraiser right now. If you love this podcast and are able to give, consider going to postureshift.com forward slash give today and support the ministry. It helps Posture shift continue to make churches safer for queer people and helps continue the work of this podcast. Thanks as well to all of our patrons who continue to give and make this happen. We love you all. We wouldn't be able to do this without you. Now let's go on to the episode.
1: well hello hello everyone Uh, welcome to another episode on life on side B and we are so excited to be here today I am with uh, my other friends here this is Elizabeth black everybody else who's here who's here (laughs) hi this is Ashley good to be talking everybody again
0: this is Henry Abuto
1: hey Henry hi Ashley how's everybody doing today
0: we're good. We're good. So excited good. about our guest.
1: Yes. Oh my gosh. Girl, I we have been waiting, <laughs> counting down for the day to interview the great Jackie Hill Perry. So let's without further ado. <laughs> let's just welcome you in, Jackie Hill Perry. Thank you so much for joining us today hey on y'all. Life on Side B.
2: Yeah, I'm glad to be here
0: virtually. Thank you awesome. So much. For those of you who do not know Jackie Hill Perry, um, Jackie is a poet, a writer, a hip hop artist, a teacher, a mother, a speaker, and an all around complete just boss and one of the most humble people I don't yet know personally, but just know uh, just through her teachings and her work. And uh, so honored to have you here with us that you would just give us the gift of your time. So thank you very much for that, Mrs. very Thank
2: you, Henry
1: yeah so jackie i'm actually curious before we get into like real deal questions have you have you heard of this podcast before (laughs) no because i feel like yeah you know i kind of got that not not that you gave any any indication but before honestly before i was really involved i didn't know about this podcast this was a very this was a new thing for me and then all of a sudden two months later jumped into co-hosting so i'm glad that we found you you found us and welcome um yeah hopefully you'll learn yeah, a little look, bit more about who we are
2: i looked at some of y'all instagram pages beforehand so i got a little okay, sense <laughs> of who you are good yeah
1: you looked at our link it linkedin you I know did. a little bit well no i ain't look at that okay perfect.
2: i ain't look at that <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's all right that's all right um, so yeah, Jackie, why don't you why don't you just tell us a little bit about you? I mean, I feel like many of our listeners probably know um, We we know at least what what you put out um, a lot of right. a lot of our listeners have read your books um, But yeah, what what can we know about Jackie Hill Perry? Like how have you kind of come to this
2: place in your life in this journey? I mean I'm a really simple, complicated person. Um, Yeah, I was raised in St. Louis, single mother. Uh, My dad was pretty inconsistent, which is really interesting because the older I get, the more I find out how like him I am, even though I wasn't around him. Um, Then, you know, dealt with, uh, still do same sex attraction, all the things, went to church. Uh, didn't know who I was supposed to be, what I was supposed to do, was afraid to tell everybody the truth and all the things. Then uh, lived my life doing what I wanted. Then when I was 19, the Lord called me to himself. Uh, I became a believer. Um, Then I eventually met my husband when I was 20. We got married when I was 24. Now I'm 32 with four kids and I tend to write about the Bible and God occasionally. So that's kind of (laughs) <laughs> that's, a- <laughs> that's it <laughs> i mean that's that's a that's a synopsis
1: no that was good. there you that go was... wow you've okay. accomplished a lot in your 32 years is that what you said yeah 32 years of life oh my gosh mm-hmm. you got a lot on me i'm 35 and i think i need to catch
2: up so no, no I was like... <laughs> not true you got a ladder in the back you obviously doing some work this isn't even my house. <laughs> Look at true.
0: that. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Mrs. Perry, one of the things that I find really fascinating about you is how charitable and kind you are to people. And you speak with people with such gentle grace and kindness, wow. even in the middle of correcting them. And mm-hmm. where do you find the grace and patience for that? Because it is something I have to lean on the Lord daily, especially in the last uh, six years in the evangelical Christian world.
2: <sighs> That's extremely encouraging because it's not natural yeah. to me. You know, oh, what's wow. nat- what's natural is I can be really forward uh, mm-hmm. and black and white to the point that it lacks nuance and lacks that mm-hmm. love and, and, and gentleness. And so I think what, what's happened is that I've been in ministry I guess going on 13 years. I've had a lot mm-hmm. of time with people. Because you can always tell when somebody is just studying people, but never with people. Mm-hmm. And I, I think just spending time with folks, you know, in in different contexts, in different cities, in different churches, uh, it just you just learn the best way to have a conversation with an individual is to respect them. That's just mm-hmm. real yep. baseline <laughs> Christianity and humanity, really. So I, I guess that's what it is. Okay.
0: I learn from you every day.
3: I think one of the ones that someone else had put, but I found it to be an interesting question. Um, Same age as you. My son is just a little bit younger than Sage. Mm -hmm. How do you find time to be in the word with them four
2: kids? (laughs) Yes.
3: (laughs) I got the one and it's hard.
2: Well, there's two things. So if I'm spending time deep in the scriptures, it's because I have a nanny. You know yeah, Like I would not be able to accomplish anything if I didn't have some type of help. Uh, but when yeah. the nanny isn't here. Thank then you my, for that truth. Yeah. Like my time is is minimal. And so it'll be like listening to an audio Bible in the shower, reading mm-hmm. half a verse until somebody starts crying, talking about they need some snacks. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I, I mm-hmm. think I have time where I can go deep. But I'm also I don't beat myself up for the time when I could have. I can only have a shallow reading because that's wow. that's beautiful too so
3: yeah. yeah yeah I've been I've been finding that myself <laughs> yeah.
1: I I do I really appreciate that I have two kids and I struggled with that for the first half of my parenthood yeah. my oldest is 10 and I was just like what happened to me God like I th- I used to like cherish these times mm. and Paul wasn't lying when he said You know maybe avoid getting married because once you do then your your attention will be divided Divided. and then add add children to the mix and it's like your attention will be fractured Mm. entirely Mm
0: -hmm, Um,
1: but i think you're right like cherishing those small moments as parents you know and, and and cherishing those small moments with the lord and seeing those as just as valuable yeah. as a 2 hour stints we could give when we were single or when yeah. we didn't have children is huge. Yeah. Um and I think it's it's even I I wonder what the difference is cuz I've I've also been in ministry for the past like 12 13 years. And I think that that also adds a unique element to it because yeah. you can also kind of Um, supplement your spiritual growth in a way that is disingenuous because you're like oh but I just sat with this person and shared the gospel with them for the past two hours or I just prepared this sermon um, for Sunday so I'm good because I was just in the word for you know five to ten this week and I'm good but it's just not the same and I don't yeah it sounds like that resonates
2: yeah cuz I mean I, I think we have to take our cues from Jesus which is he would get away to pray and meet mm-hmm. with the Father, and if any if anybody has a continual overflow, it should be the Son of God. But the Absolutely. fact that he was getting away to meet with God all the time, I, I, I that tells me I, I really don't have an option but to do the same, even if it's mm. for a moment, because I think God blesses that. You know, I think mm-hmm. I think that's a, it takes a measure of yeah. faith to say, God bless my five minutes.
1: Yes, yes. Mm. Yeah. Like that. Cause I, I also think that sometimes the long beating yourself up over the word that also can be disingenuous too. Yep. So yeah. So it it's finding that. And honestly, I feel like that kind of takes me takes me to start thinking about your latest book, Holiness. I mean, I I just finished reading it, um, had read uh I always mix up the title of your your, the, your first book. I always say, say "Gay, gay God, God, Good Girl."
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, people do that a lot. Gay God, Good Girl. <laughs> good so yeah,
1: I mean, I think I read that book at least three times. I feel wow. like Ashley Henry are probably on the No, I, oh, yeah. I I mean, I just want to say like that book was my first dive into talking about faith and sexuality. Um, my friend who is an intern with me, uh, had just come out the week, the day I bought your book. She had just Mm. come out to me and she said, to be honest, I've been working, I've been interning in this ministry, but I don't believe in Jesus. I don't know Mm. him like that because Mm. he doesn't know me Mm. because I know I'm gay and I have felt this way all of my life. And all I hear is people telling me how gross and disgusting I am and that God could never forgive me. So I know mm. I'm hell bound. And I felt like I don't even know what to say to this girl. Um, I wasn't honest about my own sexuality at that point. So mm. I, I finished her. All I could say is, have you talked to God about it? Have you talked to God about it? Because I believe he wants to know. Mm-hmm. So we prayed together. She left, and I googled. I found your book, and I I think I read fifty percent of that book in one night. I stayed up probably mm-hmm. until two a.m. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we probably all have stories here. I'd love to hear them, but I just want to thank you for "Gay Girl, Good God," <laughs> or good. Yeah, is that the? Yeah. That's right, right. <laughs> yeah, all right, you thank you. It. Yeah, that was the right one. <laughs> um no, I, 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 I appreciate yeah. that. It really, it really did help me to start processing for myself, but also for others. And I think it was, it was a gateway for many of us, um, to start feeling comfortable and open to talk about sexuality and faith.
0: Yeah. And I think, um, what the book did, I remember 2018, I believe, um, when all of a sudden my friends, which I've been, uh, in the church for a number, number of years and talking about faith and sexuality at the time, maybe about four years and then everybody's like, do you know this Jackie Hill Perry? Have you read this book? And they were just devouring it at church. And I was like, okay, like this is like a, I specifically remember thinking, okay, this is a cultural shifting point within the conversation mm-hmm. and within the church. And uh, how did that resonate with you as you were getting that feedback back?
2: Hmm. On one end, it's, it, it's funny because it's, it's such a, it's a polarizing book um <laughs> mm-hmm. and because there's a large swath of people who I, a lot of them haven't read it and hate it but have read it and disagree which is you know that's fine and so i i, I think i just wanted to add to the conversation and bring some level of humanity to it because i think if it's just purely in the the realm of doctrine then it just becomes really um it can be a dangerous place where you see individuals as people you need to convince of a doctrine instead mm-hmm. of individuals that you need to welcome or not welcome, but um, what's the word empathize with or spend time with and understand just what it like for me to be a four year old and feel like my body is not my body and not knowing where to go, not knowing who to speak to. You know what I'm saying? Not knowing where this is coming from. Or being 16 on a a roller coaster and your best friend touch your arm and it feels good, but you know you can't say that. So it's just like I wanted people to, like, read it and get it so that when they, you know, are dealing with and talking to and spending time with their gay son or brother or sister or cousin or whatever, that they see humans and not just, like, a project.
0: Project. Projects, Yeah.
2: Yeah
1: yeah and i i think that's it's invaluable right like i i think like you were saying often with theology and not even just theology of sexuality but a lot of other issues mainly those that are you know categorized as more moralistic issues or Hmm. can be like culturally contentious Hmm. we, we we just i feel like we feel like we have to you have to bring it back to just hermeneutics and theology. Because if you too if you consider people too much, mm. then maybe just maybe you might it's the slippery slope almost That's in a true. way. I can see um, that and I and I think that there has to be a balance. However, yeah. you know, I I think when we when we take out the humanity, then I I don't know I feel I feel like it is very speaking of like looking to Jesus as as his example it it doesn't really seem consistent Uh with the ministry of Christ like he wasn't just looking I heard somebody Uh say this in a in a talk I was at and they said people are not this was about faith and sexuality they said people are not things that need to be figured out they are people who need to be cared for loved and ministered Mm -hmm. to. And I was like, what a simple statement that I, I yeah. often feel like we miss.
2: Yeah.
3: Like, I think even me, like, that was a turning point for me, like, when I was really dealing with God, this stuff, when I finally got to a point, where I'm like, I don't have to figure all this out, like, figure out myself or necessarily get, I need to need to get, like, to all the finite ins and outs of every single question. I'm like, I just need to go to God and see where I am with him with this. Because that's the only thing that's gonna give me a real peace. And just mm. understanding the mechanics of absolutely everything is yeah. just gonna drive me crazy.
2: No, that's true. That's true. And because I think that the, the world and the church, if we wanna be clear, more specifically, the evangelical section of it, I think forces <laughs> us to think that that's what we are supposed to do. You know, So I think what you're highlighting is like the beauty of let me just get with God. <laughs> let me simplify the thing and just be like, Hey, we going to mm-hmm. figure this out together. Yes. Yes. yes.
0: When I tell so. you, I have lived in that space for the past four years. I'm like, you know what? Me and God are just good over here. Let's figure this out. Let me tune yeah. some of these voices out on both sides of the world. And then sometimes the church is not helpful in those situations. Mm. Yeah. And I had a question to you yep. about that. Um, speaking about evangelical Christianity specifically. Um, and I've seen you engage in topics of race as well, sexuality. And how do you protect your peace in terms of the race conversation? And Yikes. when do you know? <laughs> <laughs> it's a good question, for sir. I the peace is the block button. Oh, never. No, but oh, my do you God. God. Here need
3: here need whole punches. <laughs> okay, you know, go how ahead.
0: Do you protect your peace. Yeah. How do you protect uh... your peace in the midst of, all right, I got to teach about this or I'm going to hear a sermon that might offend me or someone might get it wrong yes. and then they're going to ask me for a follow-up and a coffee mm. and i'm going to have to sit here and explain things to somebody that they should already know because we're grown adults but, <laughs> so anyway see <laughs> but yeah how do you protect your peace
2: wow excellent question thank you boundaries mm-hmm. just boundaries um I guess if I had to think about it, I think that there are some some people that I'm unwilling to engage with. Mm-hmm. That's a boundary because okay. you don't want to engage. You don't want to have a conversation. You want to argue. And I don't have energy for that <laughs> like or or time. And so that's one way my piece is protected where it's like when you want to talk, we can talk until then. I'm going go about my business and you go on about yours. Uh, I think there's some times where even um, I posted uh, 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 on my story yesterday, uh, Kristen Dumez's book, um, Jesus and John Wayne. And I knew, I knew. Oh, I love that. They finna it. come at my head. So I posted something. it. It's like you I dropped the bomb <laughs> and I'm like, I'm not going in my DMs. I'm just going to yep. say that's how I protect my peace. <laughs> I dropped that bomb and then I walked away. <laughs> um, and then oh, I yes. just saw, I just saw one DM today, uh, where somebody was like, um, Jackie, you're being indoctrinated and, uh, mm. this is the, the enemy wants to use you to cause division or something like that. And I said, have you read the book, sir? And it, he didn't respond. He didn't respond yet. It, he might do it. And
1: see, there's that grace. Never. Cause she called him, sir. See?
2: <laughs> <I> actually, called <laughs> him black culture. actually called him but- his name. Actually called him his name. His name I was Daniel. I, was nice. I, I said oh, have you read the name. book? I said, oh, have okay. you read the book, Daniel? Because I, I no wanted gut. to I felt like a mommy. Did you read it, Daniel? <laughs> <laughs> or did you no read over, articles and there, blogs the about book. it? Read the book. Okay. How
3: Daniel? That's funny. Like my kid, when I tell him not to do something, I'm no sir. And Mm -hmm. my husband's like, why do you call the baby, sir? And I'm like, I don't understand how to tell you because he's Latino. And like calling someone, sir, is like a respectful or your elders thing. Mm -hmm. And he's like, does not get why I'm calling the baby, sir. I'm like, I don't know how
2: to (laughs) tell you. All the time, ma'am. I'll take my two-year-old, ma'am. I'm going to need you to go back in your room, (laughs) (laughs) ma'am.
0: I think it's also when you want someone's attention. It's like, okay, I'm going to speak to you in this manner so you know that I'm I'm being serious with you.
1: I love that but, they look right at you in their diaper with drool coming out of their face and uh-huh. you just call this child a ma'am and All they right. waddle right away. <laughs> they understand.
2: But to answer your question, I, I just yeah. feel like boundaries are an important part of the conversation. Discerning where a person is. There are some people that don't have an ear to he- hear. And so it, I'm not even, I'm doing none of us a favor by continuing to force you to listen to something that is, uh, I guess, um meddling and triggering your cultural idols therefore let me just back up and pray and hope that the lord brings you along uh to the truth then there are others who i have endless amounts of energy for um because they just want to learn and so they're going to make mistakes with how they converse they're gonna you know maybe ask what someone would say is a quote-unquote stupid question but the very fact that you are open i'll spend all day with people like that yeah. Wow.
0: So wow. I often good. find that when someone's willingness to learn and willingness to be wrong is such a good gauge for how much further am I gonna keep engaging in this conversation. Yeah. And if someone's willing to be wrong and willing yeah. to be corrected and willing to learn, I will always engage.
2: Yeah. Honestly.
1: Honestly, um Henry, that reminds me of a question that you we were talking about earlier about um and I believe it was yours, about how how our thoughts and and kind of how our opinions of things evolve based on oh, yeah. time life experience I, i'm curious oh. as to maybe we can dive into that question so,
0: oh. yeah um what was it i know i wrote it down we a couple that. weeks ago because i was prepared a couple of weeks ago let's see um, <laughs> i saw your name i said oh i said i literally tucked it back in the group chat i said i'm the first one in this conversation y'all don't play with me <laughs> uh, <laughs> Um, you, need my, you need
1: my help you found uh, where, it oh yeah
0: let's see right, um, is, yeah. oh yeah um
1: it is why, the first yeah. question in the second session part of our spiritual journey means
0: okay um why don't you oh there we goes so part of our spiritual journeys mean we evolve we sometimes move from places and convictions as we learn and grow um Are there things in the past that you have said or taught that in hindsight you have moved away from?
2: Y'all all all in my business today. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Yeah. You know what? I am, I'm always reevaluating because I'm, I I think part of it is because I'm a learner. So I'm always learning Mm -hmm. more, which just broadens my understanding of things that I thought I knew about. Um so yeah. there's a few things I think I have recently I'm evaluating what I believe about complementarianism. Um mm. I'm evaluating Ooh. yeah. <laughs> um, even I had a conversation I don't know if y'all know Preston Sprinkle. I oh, had yeah. a conversation with him yeah. uh some a while back and he kind of asked me a similar question as it related to gay girl good god. And I was like, I, I have a chapter in there where I kind of talk about uh, someone calling themselves a gay Christian. Um, mm. I, I don't think that's a hill I would die on so quickly mm. now. Um, and that's just because I've had more friendships and conversations with gay Christians when before mm. I didn't, you know what I'm saying? Mm. And so it was like, mm-hmm. I was from the yeah. outside looking in saying, no, when it's like, no, nah, it, it's just, you know, I don't think it's that, I still have my convictions but I don't yeah. think it's yeah. as black and white, or as as like extra as I was making it. I can't explain it. Okay. So I think it, when I rewrite the book in ten years, I'm gonna change that part. Um, <laughs> okay,
1: okay. Well, you know that's what we were asking. A lot They're of very things. Happy with that answer.
2: <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> of course she does. I'm sure. Yeah, I've, I've I've definitely I've been challenged by some people on on those types of things, and it's been mm-hmm. helpful. Yeah. So.
1: so I I guess outside of or along with kind of interacting with other people because, you know, again, our podcast life on side B. So we're all folks here who still who hold a, a theology, a side B theology. So we hold a traditional um, ethic on marriage and sexuality. However, we are all individuals who continue to I- identify or or talk about our orientations and how yeah. they kind of affect and, and work in our lives. So I you know, I think hearing that from you, I mean, we I would love you, no matter what. I think all of us are again very grateful, but it I think it does it is something that a lot of people in our circles have been talking about, and we want to know like is is it do should we feel like there is this big distance and chasm between? what we read and what we've read and heard from Jackie Hill Perry and kind of where we stand, because I think Mm -hmm. your book has been so instrumental in so many of our lives. Um, And not that we all need to agree on everything, but I think there is a lot of curiosity as to like, what is your opinion and your relationship with those who identify as side B or in the side B community? Where, Where do you see yourself in all of this?
2: So I ain't even gonna lie to y'all, it, it I it wasn't until I had a conversation with somebody. I I I, I don't I can't remember his name right now. He started revoice. Um, or Nate Nick, Collins. Nick. So me and Nate. Nick had a, a conversation about this. Nate and I was Nate. like, Nate. I was like, <laughs> you, got you, you gotta tell me what these what these sides mean. It, I, don't, <laughs> I don't know. So remind me, what is a side B That's and okay. side A and C and D? What is that?
0: Okay, there's a whole okay. chart out there a couple years ago that someone created Let me Google, Literally, yeah. they would send it around because it's like what is this Oh, I don't know if you go find somebody it like, Somebody screen, screen share
1: that share. I want to I don't, don't, like, like, don't want to be, not...
0: be the... <laughs> like that's no, a very helpful honestly, graph
1: Henry oh yeah the graph is helpful Henry or Ashley's gonna have to explain but I I just want to say Jackie Hill Mm -hmm. this you that these are my favorite kind of people right here are the people who don't know the side conversations but are still in it right that are still (laughs) talking like one of my favorite people right now is this like 62 year old man who has been living as a single celibate gay Christian and he's like what's a side I've been living this for like 35 years. I don't know what you're talking
2: about. He's like, y'all got categories that it. I've been in. Yeah.
4: No,
1: but i <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But I love that. I love that. There's, because it's, it's so much division. That's a whole nother There's a long
2: article right. on, on Christianity Today about this.
0: Oh, Lord. Yes. Yeah, I think, yes, mm-hmm. it's a great,
3: I'm sure it's interesting. And mm-hmm.
0: I think for me, which I do find the sides conversation helpful in terms of, Okay, if you're trying to give someone a quick label and a distinction a or trying answer, to give a quick explanation, uh-huh. I find it helpful, yeah. but it's so much more nuanced. Like some even with someone uses a phrase same sex attracted versus gay, for example. Uh-huh. Like to me yeah. at this point in time I'm like, whatever is fine. Like if yeah. you are living a life that honors Christ and you're doing the best you can each day to pick up your cross and follow him. That is whatever you want to use. That is fine with me, and that's because yeah. so many people get caught up in the nuance. I can't tell you how many times I've sat in a meeting at church, and they're like, "You can't call yourself gay." I'm just like, I'm living the same life you are living. It's like, tough yeah. like that. Anyways, but yeah, and that's that's, that's a get, part I'm of like, the
2: reason. That's a part of the reason why I've avoided that label, yeah. mm-hmm. um, because for me, it's it's confusion that I don't want. Mm-hmm. I don't want to have to always explain. Yeah. Yeah. What I mean by this. But mm-hmm. y'all could correct y'all could correct me or add to this. I was having a conversation with um I don't remember his name right now. Uh, but he we were saying how when it comes to those who were like deep, 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 deep in the gay community who weren't raised mm-hmm. in church, that when they convert to Christ, it's such a hard cutoff. Yeah, that yeah, those yeah. people are usually the people that don't I f- identify as gay Christian. Yes, um, absolutely. Yes. Would you agree or dis? Obviously, it's, it's gray in there, but like, yeah. Do
0: y'all see that? I think I would agree I, with that. Yeah, I see that a lot.
3: I think yeah. age goes with it as well.
0: Yeah, sometimes. by culture and because identifying as gay, let's say even thirty or forty years ago, does mean, and it is something differently than someone identifying as gay now, because I think. Back then, it was so much so when you identified as gay, culturally, it was understood as you were talking about the act of same-sex right. sex. And right. I think now we are in a space where we're creating more nuance um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. for differences along that spectrum line what people mean. And sometimes what you said about <clears throat> clearing the confusion, it's really, it resonated with me, be, or a confusion you do not want to bring upon yourself. Because in certain spaces, whenever I do get asked to go speak, I don't use the word gay because I'm like, okay, like if I'm talking to a room full of 60, 70-something-year-old people, I don't even have time to use the word gay because I'm going to spend 20 oh, minutes They're explaining done. what I mean. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> so I'm yeah. just like, I will yeah. just use same-sex attraction because yeah. I got to look at the audience who I'm communicating with and just make sure that's the translation of what come across. So. Hmm.
3: across. And wise. a lot of times, too, it's interesting to see people at least, like, I would say, like, in my age group um, – um my early 30s too like who we grew up in church Mm -hmm. thinking that um you know same thing like this is what's going on and I can't talk to nobody about this because my church don't talk about this Mm -hmm. apparently it's a dump you just don't talk about and we never went into the gay lifestyle like we never we never did that we were just terrified yeah so like we just go be it's a little quiet person in youth group and i'm just gonna live my life and that's gonna be it mm-hmm. and then we get to be adults young adults uh college age and this secrecy mm-hmm. burdens us mm-hmm. and we know it's like this is what i am like there's no doubt this is what it is yeah. for us it's this the same thing it's like same se- no you're not yeah you're same set you're it's like that's the same thing
2: yeah that makes so sense. try
3: to tell me And so when we come to that, it's like more like this. It's a releasing of like, this is, this is part of my story. Mm -hmm. I don't want to have to tell my story and skip chapters or Mm -hmm. hide things. I'm like, this is part of where God met me and where God taught me about his grace. Mm -hmm. Because, like, for me, that was my thing. Like, God taught me about his grace being like, I love you no matter how you are or whatever, yeah. you know? And part of learning that was finding you. And I was, like, 19 years old, wow. 20-something. No, I might have been. I was probably
1: 25. I like. I <laughs> you skipped five years. don't know I'm I no more. Yeah. Time doesn't matter anymore.
3: <laughs> no, COVID I was in South up. America. All yeah. I had was YouTube. Mm. Like, that was the resource I had. So it was, like, what I could find was what I could find, you know? Yeah. And then, like when people like you being like, God loves you no matter what or who you're attracted to. That was different. That was new. yeah. And it was like, and I was like, oh, okay. So this is, this is a thing. Yeah. And this can be a thing. And me and God can work this out. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. What, what's crazy is that, um, when I'm counseling parents, usually, um, I have to spend a lot of time with this language of gay.
0: And what mm-hmm. I mean is mm-hmm.
2: like, they'll say, Hey, my daughter just told me she was gay. It's like, okay, what mm. does she mean, though? What does she mean by gay? That's a great because, question. Because the assumption is is what you said, Henry. The assumption is my daughter came out. Now she's about to go start worshiping wow. the devil. You know what yeah. I'm saying? When it oh, yeah. really can simply, simply, uh, it really can just be a confession of where her her, her affections are when it comes yes. to like who mm-hmm. she likes and who she wants to be loved 100%. by. And so I think even um distinguishing between side a side b etc i think gives language to or helps people to learn how to discern correctly and therefore apply wisdom exactly particularly um mm-hmm. exactly yeah and that just exactly. takes a lot of a lot of work
3: <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah oh
3: yeah definitely
2: yeah.
0: definitely can, um kind of what ashley said about getting to uh, you being her first introduction to Knowing or understanding that God loves me for me regardless of what or who I'm attracted to um, And it's often said that a lot of people who come to Christ first come in Christ through knowing and loving or being loved by a Believer and mm-hmm. I have a friend who's in ministry and she wanted me to ask you uh, She's had some girls say that they're same-sex attracted. They experience affection towards women and even a couple of guys, and so uh, she said. In what ways did you feel most loved by believers around you when you were actively pursuing women? How would you encourage <laughs> the saints to respond as loved ones come out to them?
2: They didn't do the best job. I say that.
3: Um, <laughs> <laughs> I love. I know
2: that's right. <laughs> The answer is they tried. They 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 just make stuff so weird, bro. But um. Mm, mm, mm-hmm. The one Christian in particular, two, to was before Christ and after Christ. The, the one before is my cousin Keisha that I write about in the book and how mm-hmm. when I told her that I was gay, one, I expected this super outlandish, dramatic, obnoxious response. She didn't she didn't do all that. I could tell she was ca- caught off guard, but I could also tell that she was talking to herself to calm down. Which was good mm. because I, I I think what people don't understand is when somebody is coming out, that's such an extreme act of vulnerability to the yes. point that they're hyper vigilant yes. And so they're watching not only what you say, but how you say it, how your body posture is. And so even being able to communicate love through how your body moves is important. And so I think for, for Keisha to see that she wasn't angry, that she wasn't... Um, aggressive even in her posture towards me was important because it mm-hmm. made me want to say more um and then mm-hmm. she just kind of mm-hmm. gave it to the lord she was like you know i know uh the lord got you which was cool because it's like i was expecting a whole dissertation on leviticus 18 and romans one, <laughs> but <laughs> she there was this this faith that i already knew scripture I just needed to come to a place where I could learn how to apply that in my own time. That doesn't mean mm-hmm. that all people don't need some type of teaching. We do. But there's a time Absolutely. and a place for it. So I Absolutely. think that was important. Mm-hmm. And then after Christ, uh, the story I share in a book about Melissa, um, when I had went to the the first church I had been to, in a while and i borrowed my friend's clothes because i didn't have girl clothes and so i i bought like the only clothes i from hers i could fit was an outfit that she wore to a job interview so i literally looked like i work at office depot like i had on slacks some flats <laughs> a little button-up shirt it was a hot mess because i'm used to wearing boxers you know all the things and so mm-hmm. when i came i felt uncomfortable <laughs> and i felt out of place and then melissa just looked at me and ask me my name. You know what I'm saying? And it just sounds so mm. simple. And, and so what she did was she acknowledged my humanity, my whole person, wow. that I was not merely just this tomboy girl showing up to church that probably need to go to the altar and speak in tongues as evidence mm. that she mm-hmm, received the spirit. Mm-hmm. But like, because it was a Pentecostal church. But but like, yeah, just the calmness from Keisha and the, the embrace from Keisha, but also the the acknowledgement that I was much more complex and nuanced, um, and not mm-hmm. merely just a gay girl. Wow. So I, I, yeah. I don't know if that answers anybody's question.
0: Oh, that answers the question for sure. That's no, a great. That's yeah. really
2: good. I,
0: oh, can, Elizabeth, I I going to lead you? into yeah. your question.
1: Yes. Oh, I, we're probably on the same wavelength, Henry, because mm-hmm. we always are. But yes, so. uh, I'm. I'm dying to ask this question. So a lot of the work that I do is. Um, is missional. So I, am I'm an evangelist. The ministry that we do is a missions and mission sending organization to the LGBTQ community. I
2: saw. And,
1: Oh, Oh, she did (laughs) do some research.
2: Okay. I saw you like like, on the street, you was giving out, it might be a coffee or hot chocolate or something like that. One of the two. Um,
1: but, but anyway, part of, part of what I I really want to focus on in our ministry is is really having a diverse and multicultural bent because I think a lot of the discussion around faith and sexuality is no, I'm not going to say a lot exclusively. Yes. The conversation about faith and sexuality is from a white perspective. Mm -hmm. And again, like we've been singing your praises. I'll do it again. One of my favorite parts about your book wasn't about both books. Isn't even the content of the book is because a black woman wrote that book. And I was able to say, oh, thank you, Jesus. I'm not alone. And that we have something really substantial to offer. So Mm -hmm. I guess going back to the whole evangelistic piece as somebody who, you know, was very much in the community, in in your local LGBTQ community back in the day. What do you see, and even now, what do you see that the black American, or if you just want to talk about Atlanta, what does the black LGBT community need to hear and to have and receive (laughs) from the church?
0: Ooh, answer carefully. you trying to set him up, Elizabeth. I'm sorry. We,
1: we got we got a half an hour.
2: I think when it comes to black people in particular, dignity is important. Mm-hmm. You know, like. Mm-hmm. Our dignity. They attempted to take it and they still attempt to take it. And so when you are talking to people who are not only gay, but black, Mm -hmm. that's a unique position that they're in, Mm -hmm. you know? And so I think one of the worst things we can do is to dehumanize them and continue to do what's been happening for centuries. And so I guess a unique approach is coming to a person And reminding them what is reality, which is that you're seen, Mm -hmm. you're known, you're loved and you are whole doesn't mean you're not broken, but you are whole. Mm -hmm. You get what I'm saying? Like and so I, I don't know. I think the way somebody approaches that is defined by what city they're in. What part of the city they're in, like knowing the person, applying that wisdom and discernment that the Lord gives. But I don't know. I think I think dignity is huge, especially because most black people, you know, we've come out of usually real spiritual churches where it's like if you're gay, that's a demon. In yes, some kind of, exactly. it's either, he either oppressing you or uh, possessing you. It, it's one of the two. Mm-hmm. And so we need to lay hands, get some oil, take you to the altar and g- you need to get delivered. Right. Yes. And I, I just, yeah. I, mm-hmm. I, I think that framework is just so unhealthy. And so I, I think we mm-hmm. have to also do the work of teaching. Okay. What does it mean to have these kinds of passions and affections and how does that look when you trust Jesus, right? Wow. Because if the assumption yes, is that. if the assumption is something's wrong with me, I need to be delivered, then that deliverance means I no longer feel these affections. But what happens when you do? Mm-hmm. Now you feel like you're not yes. in good, God's good graces. Yes. Because that's mm-hmm. actually just reality. Uh-huh. Is that they're just kinda gonna be a thing, most likely.
3: Yeah.
2: Oh well, yeah.
0: Love that. When How
3: about like I was good?
0: I oh, know good, yeah.
3: Uh reading, um, one of the things that really impacted me about uh holier than that was the way you focused on God as holy. Yes. Cause me growing up in church, I feel like a lot of the teachings I heard on holiness was me needing to be holy and how do I need to get holy and how I need to look holy. Yeah. Like we even had like this, it was like a camp like exercise, I guess. We had to hold on to this raw egg for like the weekend and like protect it because we had to protect our holiness <laughs> and they like compared no, no. it to like when you don't yeah like don't be going like you know make out with your boyfriend behind the building or whatever because you know that's like the same as like smashing it. your egg and yeah you got to protect it so like a lot of times holiness was framed as like protecting your holiness mm. was protecting your purity and uh, and all this this weird enmeshing of this subject that they kind of have in youth groups interesting um, i don't know if you ever experienced that uh-huh. But I know that in church they focus a lot on our holiness. Uh-huh. Why do you think that is? And why do you think it's important that we really refocus on
2: looking at God's holiness? Cuz we're first. self-centered. We're self-centered. So, you know. Yeah, <laughs> so our our messages are self-centered, our our perspectives are yes. self-centered. We're we're centering us. And there's a there's a level of self-righteousness there, self-righteousness there, because you presume that the way to holiness is to tell someone to be holy rather than showing them who who Mm. is holy and who provides Mm. holiness. Mm. Like we share in God's holiness. You know what I'm saying? And his holiness incentivizes our own. And so, Mm. I mean, you telling me, hey, I need to know I'm a sinful person. That's that's Bible. I need to know that I come in the lineage of Adam. Therefore, I'm born in sin, shaped in iniquity that I don't think right. I don't see right. I don't want to do right. I I need to know these Mm. things. But that's not enough. You also need to show me God. You need to show me. But. God is holy. God is good. God is kind. God is perfect. And he's so kind that he sent his son to die for you and then sent the spirit to resurrect you and empower you to be Mm. like him. And so I think apart from those two realities, we're very hopeless. You know, because now yeah, we're just yeah. working, like let me not listen to secular music. Let me stop wearing pants. Let me, you know, <laughs> put a veil over my my hair. It's just like we're doing all these things, yet our motives are still the same. So you might have dressed mm-hmm. differently, right. but you're still wicked. Right? And so it's yes. like yes. yes,
3: exactly. Yes. I
2: oh, don't oh, know.
1: No. Yeah, I think I think we're we're moving into the book, which is I'm, I'm so
2: I'm getting hot in this class. <laughs> I'm getting hot. Y'all got me talking She's about preaching. things I like to talk about. That's, okay. That's what it but, is. Uh, Go ahead.
1: Let's keep. Let's keep going. I, <laughs> I, I really want to. Okay. I want to talk about this holiness book because, and Ashley, thank you for opening that up. Um, because I love what you were talking about with idols, and I think we were already alluding yes. to that. This whole idea that idols are things that must be constructed they need someone or something to exist um they need something to fuel them in order for them to have any significance and you know when you were quoting i believe it was hosea um, which is such a great passage about the idols who have eyes but do not see and hands but do Mm -hmm. not feel and mouths but do not speak i love i love that um but when i was reading some of these these definitions that you were having of idols versus our, our true God. Um, It got me thinking again, back to these questions about sexuality and faith that I think often we feel like if we do enough, then something will change our orientation. If I do enough, if I pray enough, if I read the Bible enough, if I come, even if I, I confess enough, then maybe something will change. And what something went off in my head at that point when I was reading that. And I was like, is is this a, a form of idolatry? Is it a form of self-idolatry? Even though the trust is in, or, you know, the focus in some way is in, you know, obviously God's going to be involved in this change. Huh. but But really the vehicle of the change is, if I check enough boxes and do enough stuff, then maybe I will be set free from wow. my orientation or my temptation. Wow. So I was just wondering, like, do you, how can you, what do you think about that? Do you think that we can make an idol out of maybe the process of change mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. opposed to really keeping our eyes focused on the holy God who doesn't even need any effort on our behalf? to do any kind of changing. No changing even needs to occur for him to maintain his holiness. Wow, y'all are good. Um, <laughs> Best
2: it's kind compliment of a, so far. It's kind of a self-salvation, right? Like, yeah. you know, if I pray long enough, if I do long enough, then then my heart or my affections will change. And I think there are degrees You know, I could speak to the reality that sanctification does work. You know, I am not tempted to the degree that I was tempted 12 years ago. You know, but there's a a, a plethora of whole a whole another set of sins that have taken their place. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Um, Yeah, I, I, I think. Let me let me let me let me let me think and be concise. I think we are addicted to looking at ourselves and trusting in ourselves to fix ourselves instead of looking to God, the one who made us, the one who dies for us, the one who regenerates us, the one who changes us. Like Jude mm-hmm. is, is, is very clear to him who was able to keep us. It's, it's him mm-hmm. all the time that, you mm-hmm. know, when we, when we get to, to glory, it's, He who finished the work that he started in us that, you know, like, so it's the burden is always on God. The problem is we don't want it to be. We want to be our own savior. I don't know why. Maybe it feels better. Maybe it feels good. I suppose it doesn't take as much humility and vulnerability and repentance. And it's easy and quick because God never changes us as quickly as we want him to. And so we have to find these idols Mm -hmm. that are that are that are right at our hands, right at our just to feel some type of hope, you know. But it's like, no, God isn't set up that way. We are very complicated people. And even in the process of him changing us, he's 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 showing us himself, you know, because if you think about your trials Mm -hmm. and some of the circumstances that you found yourself in if the deliverance came quick are there certain things about god's nature that you would have missed probably
4: absolutely Mm. you know and so
2: i i i think that the that that long crucifying work that god does in us whether it's our sexuality our pride our fear our anxieties our traumas whatever god is showing himself through it and so we have to just continually persevere setting our mind on the God who went before us yes and we might have some more hope and not as much shame yeah because I'm gonna fail me that's
3: great absolutely right yeah I grew up thinking because I grew up in church like my parents started going to an evangelical church when I was like a year old so okay I'm been there for 30 years Mm mm-hmm and I remember thinking growing up, like, I didn't realize that was the way I thought until I was, like, in, like, probably my early 20s. But I thought if you had been a Christian so long, there were certain tiers of temptation you didn't deal with. Yes.
2: <laughs> like Scientology. You... <laughs> I, I don't know. Uh, okay. <laughs> but, like, graduated.
3: <laughs> yeah. I thought, I thought I was like, I... I, and that's what make me feel bad. I'm like, I've been here for so long. I wow. should not be dealing with this. Wow. And it was a very heavy burden for me. And I remember one of, like, a leader I had, she looked at me, and she goes, why did you think that? I'm <laughs> like, I don't know. I just did. Yeah. And when she said it like that, I'm like, yeah, I guess that don't make no sense. Mm. Mm-hmm. But, but I, I didn't realize people who had been saved still needed God's grace and sanctification. Every day. But you know
2: what some of that is, yes. actually. I have an assumption. Some okay. of that is when you are in a church where the older saints are not also confessing their struggles. Yeah. The only mm-hmm. assumption can be is that there are no struggles. And mm-hmm. so if there's a lack of transparency across <clears throat> generations, then naturally you're just thinking, oh, they must be all good, fine and well, because they just come in here with a praise mm-hmm. all the time and never <laughs> yes. a confession. Maybe like
3: their struggles are like i'm doubting or i gossiped or something yeah no you, uh, yeah thinking but about I, it like that yeah that's true yeah. i do
1: really love that the focus in in your book and even in in the way that you responded is is that really it's if we focus on god if we fix our eyes on a holy god mm-hmm. then i almost wonder will we have time to even bother thinking so deeply about how much we need to change and what's next uh, to what what's the next echelon we need to uh, to, reach, yeah. to reach you know yeah, if, I mean, if we could just focus on that holy god
2: yeah and and the right one i have to say that because i, I think there are a lot of um uh, demon influenced ideologies where people want to change mm. the nature of God to suit their own passions. Yes. And so mm. we have to look to the right God as described and determined by Scripture as seen in His Son. And so, doctrine, I mm. think, on this part is really important. That's good. And
0: Absolutely. Well, just holding us in the theme of the book, um, and as you were talking about the church and even answering Ashton's question, do you feel as though modern day Christianity has gotten away from teaching and preaching that holiness that you write about?
2: I mean, I don't really know because I <laughs> I'm not I haven't taken my church history class yet. But yeah. I do see a difference. Like even when I was studying for Holier Than Thou, it was the dead mm-hmm. people that had the most insight. You know? And I was wondering I really liked a lot of the quotes you had. In the book, I'm like, this all dead stuff people. is great. And it's dead people, people. That I don't... Yeah. <laughs> like, them cats, I don't know. Right. And I just was thinking to myself, like, why... Why is it is it that they didn't have social media, so they didn't have that many distractions? So all they could <laughs> do was meditate? Maybe? I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Like, they didn't even have as many commentaries and digital ways to study the word like we yeah. do. Yet their insight mm. has much more they depth. They just had the word. Yeah, so I think there's something That's with good. that. Um, I don't even remember the question. Sorry. Oh,
0: do you feel the modern church has moved away from <laughs> teaching and <laughs> preaching the not the correct version, but holiness as we are called to it?
2: We probably always been moving away because even Jesus was combating that with the Pharisees and the mm-hmm. Sadducees. You know, they sure. they they had a a way to get to God that was never the right way too. And so I think it's just always been a thing, always going to be a thing. But I, I again, I lean on the beauty of the church that God is gonna mm. preserve a remnant, you mm. know, that stays and remains faithful and preaches faithfully. Um, even though they will be hated, they will be rejected. They might even be murdered, yeah. but. Mm. Mm. Mm.
1: Thank you. Isn't that crazy that that's like, that's the gauge. Is are we being hated enough? Are we being um, you know? Mm-hmm. Are we being marginalized enough? Okay, maybe I'm on the right. Well, path you know, evangelicals—that's
2: their gauge. So we might need another gauge.
1: It's <laughs> that, yes. yeah,
2: that's yeah. I'm like that's um,
1: okay. Um, but, but the thing with that is, I feel like that. And I look—I'm not trying to hate on my evangelical friends, but
2: I love it, them. You know, but, I hang with their people all the time, so I know. Okay, <laughs> yeah, well,
3: I am evangelical, but I still got <laughs> but, the same problem. But
1: I feel, I feel like I spend a lot of time.
0: Their complaints
1: are, I wore my Christian t-shirt and somebody rolled their eyes at me, persecuted. (laughs) i yeah. You know, like I'm telling I, you, I,
0: I always say white people want to be persecuted so bad. Like white I, Christians want to be persecuted so bad.
1: I prayed <laughs> I prayed before d- dinner at this public restaurant and somebody looked at me sideways. Yeah. It's That's true. not persecution. There was
3: a whole thing in my time of youth group where we were all obsessed with Voice of the Martyrs. Oh yeah. And, oh, yeah, and like dying for Christ and all that. Like it's it's a it's
2: a real thing. Like we had to go. But what's deep, I don't know how y'all feel about this. What's deep about it is that was just a lot of words and not a a lot of real faith. Because Mm
4: -hmm.
2: yes, I talk to people now who their whole perspective on sexuality and holiness and the nature of God has shifted just because they don't want their gay friends to be mad at them. Oh so it's gosh, like how, how, oh oof. how in the, how in the world were you committed to persecution yet the moment somebody unfollows you or your boss mm-hmm, threatens mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. fire you it's like oh the bible mm-hmm. ain't right it, i just <laughs> i don't I don't know but that's I, interesting
1: i, I, I No, you're absolutely right. And I think it's these extremes that like there's no – and that's why as uncomfortable as it is sometimes to sit in the places that we do, I'm very thankful for it because I don't want to be on the extreme that's Mm. like, well, somebody may not like me if I'm honest about my theology or my convictions. So I'm Mm -hmm. just – I'm just going to change everything. Yeah. Nor do I want to be on the other side who's like I don't care if someone, you know, I was just telling my in-laws today about a friend of mine who was told because he he shared his orientation, he was told you are not allowed back on this church property. If if you if we see you walk into these doors, we are calling the authorities and letting them know that you are the trespassing. cops? the cops so i'm i'm like i don't that, a little much that's i don't want to be there either it is a lot no. but it exists like it, ex- it 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 exists you know like i unfortunately a lot of the people who are in in my sphere and the people that i'm ministering to are people who have literally been told don't come back home don't come back to church you like you said, there's a demon, and you are not welcome here.
3: Can I ask it's, all it's the a question? Good. So, and the thing is with uh-huh. that Please. with that um, martyr thing, though, is like I feel like it's so easy in a sense to die for something because uh-huh. that's it; it's over, uh-huh. and it kind of goes a lot of times. All these husbands be like, "I take a bullet for my wife," and it's uh-huh. like, "Yeah, but will you live for her? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Will you live
2: that's for Jesus? Point. Yeah, come on, yeah, sit, sitting underneath um, the suffering." that's Mm -hmm. that's the question yeah my question for y'all is i remember i I spoke at this conference uh for native american youth and Mm. um it's funny that a lot of the questions were typical of also evangelical white youth right and so one person asked hey we have a young guy who he's over our youth ministry but he just came out and said that he struggles with same-sex attraction. Should we allow him to continue leading the youth ministry? I'll tell you my response, and I want y'all wisdom on this. Because I hear this okay. question a lot. Wait, they asked you I this was in like, public? Oh, I'm sure. Oh, they stood up, got the mic, oh, and, and okay. said it.
0: Okay, got uh, you have got you never gotten that question?
1: Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I, I have in smaller settings, but not, uh, like, no. at a
2: conference. No, it was a whole thing. And I was like, well, first not of all. Not like, the person sitting over there. First of all, he told you he like men, not boys. So that's that. Like, <laughs> that that was Mark. my, that okay. was mainly my okay. response. It's like, yeah. liking <laughs> men you. and liking little boys are not the same. But different. as I've Very learned. Different. Amen. <laughs> it's like a completely different. Anyway, as I've learned that even like a lot of the messaging in like the early 50s and 60s was that pedophilia and homosexuality were like intertwined, yes. that one led mm-hmm. to the other. Mm-hmm. And so I guess for, 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 from y'all's like experience, what is the best way to, I guess, give people wisdom on how not to respond so? ignorantly but also reactively when mm-hmm. someone is, is mm-hmm. in a ministry position at your church who tells you that they are oriented a certain way and yeah I don't know Yeah, I probably did a podcast um, on this already so I'm sorry
1: uh, no no no, no, no. <laughs> not oh. that one no I, thought, I don't think we got we, that got we know you didn't know about us before it's okay we can repeat <laughs> ourselves
3: <laughs> um, but I think was. it's always very important no, I'm to listen to the person who's talking to them mm-hmm. first and foremost be like okay i'm gonna need especially if like they really don't understand be like we need to talk about this some more like what do you mean by that like actually listen to this person find out where they are because you Mm -hmm. don't know where they are with beliefs or Mm -hmm. anything like that like actually find out why are you telling me this why are you being vulnerable with this why are you deciding to take such a risk and tell me this knowing that this might Mm -hmm. be my reaction Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. yeah, and one of our friends, Art, uh, he was yes. a youth pastor in New Jersey, and I'm just putting his business out there, but he's talked about <laughs> <thing>, it all <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Um, he, I forget what denomination it was, but it's highly problematic, but um, after about maybe, he went to a new church, so after about two years at his church, the members kept sending letters or having meetings mm. about him, he's a celibate, virgin man who's same-sex attracted, by all mm. means, like, And he, not only that, but he is a man of the word and he is qualified, beyond qualified to be a pastor. And Mm. they basically ran him out of the church. Mm -hmm. The denominations, pastors who'd never heard of him were sending letters to his church. They were sending letters to his friend's church, asking for his friend to be fired because his friend was his best friend, even though his best friend is straight, but his best friend is also in ministry. And I have just seen so many, I hear so many examples of that, people being ran out of ministry for simply disclosing that they're attracted to the same gender, not saying, hey, I've been having an affair with a man, or I've been doing this, or I've been doing this. And speaking of affairs, why do we fire people for saying they're same-sex attracted, but the minute someone admits they had an affair, we are quick to not only applaud them, put them back on stage, and be like, look at their repentance, look at how they're walking with Christ, but the minute... (laughs) Um. the yes. restoration <laughs> why why are
1: over 50 percent of our pastors admitting to a porn addiction and you know thank god they're getting you know people are confessing and getting help but we are not poo-pooing yeah. them
2: out of the pulpit no so i feel you <laughs> so I, I said i said i uh-huh. said that i was on a tvn and they kept asking me mm-hmm. you know a lot of gay questions or whatever and I was like, "Listen, I said it's the heterosexual men that we got that that got the problems yes. here, because yes. not even sexually, the the power, the spiritual abuse, like yes, you know,
1: yes, these,
0: yeah. absolutely." These. If we made a list of things to address here in order, I think people who are same-sex attracted in the church would not be the top of the list compared to the other (laughs) things we see. I don't know if we would be
1: on the list.
0: (laughs) They wouldn't have
1: time for us on that list. But, yeah, Mm -hmm. to try and answer your question,
0: I think the response to that, because I um, should, someone actually said, okay, meet with the person. Have you discussed with them? what they believe theologically, has their theological position changed? Or are they just disclosing something to you so they can be fully known and fully loved yeah. as a member of your staff and a member of your body? Because yeah. oftentimes when people are disclosing who they are or what they're attracted to or who they're attracted to, similar like you said to your friend earlier, you said in the book, it's like you just felt, wanted to be known and seen. I remember the yeah. first time I came out. I came out to my best friend when I was 18 and then the very next day, I drove to church and came out to our youth pastor. Um, and he, I know.
1: <laughs> I know, <don't> I understand <laughs> very, y'all.
0: And he sat with me and he was like, okay, I see you. I know you. Mm. I love you. God oh, that's so good. loves you just the same. I know it was good. It was good. Yeah. It was good. And, and he was like, all right. And whatever you need, I'm here. And let's also just get in the word and remind ourselves of God's truth. And that to me was like, if every ministry conversation was handled like that, I see you, I know you, I love you, I value you, and let's stay in God's truth. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's the answer I would
1: get. Yeah, I think... That would go so much better. It goes back to honor and dignity. It goes back to what we were talking about earlier. Honor, dignity, and I think also the holiness of God. Because I... Something I, I say constantly when I'm having these kind of conversations is I trust in a big, holy God that knows what he's doing and that is using me as a faithful servant mm-hmm. and to speak truth and and to help minister. But he does not need me to um, to protect his good name. Mm-hmm. He doesn't need me to protect his holiness. That, that always has existed and always will exist. My job yep. is to bring back dignity to those who have lost it and to make sure people feel seen and known mm. by the God that created them. And I mm. and I think, therefore, it's a process, right? Yeah. Like, if there is a reason why this person will eventually either need to step down, want to step down, it might happen. However, I don't think the first thing I need to do is rush to f- try to defend the faith and defend God and make sure nobody thinks what if someone thinks something, then what are they going to think about my faith? What are they going to think about our church? What? The reputation is not what matters here. Like I would rather let my reputation be on the line and have somebody walk out of a conversation feeling like they were seen and heard and Mm -hmm. dignified and God was seen as a holy God. Then for them to feel like, Oh, well they really made their, their opinions clear. So now yeah. I know where I stand with them. Yeah, love that. So yeah. I, I just feel bad for this poor youth pastor that he was put on blast like that. Cause yeah. you know, like you said, it's vulnerable enough to share your own story, let alone somebody raise their hand in in a crowd yeah. and share it for you.
2: That's true. Yeah. You know yeah. what
1: happened in the end?
2: Huh? Do you, you know what, what
1: happened? No, I went home. Do you know what? With yeah. the guy. Oh, okay. Oh. <laughs>
3: Um, but even so i would say that answer and i've heard people say it before like when they go to ask that question people shut it down really quick with with like he's not a pedophile so yeah next yeah moving
1: on yeah that's true
0: also yeah. you're bold taking unvetted questions in a public space
2: <laughs> you <Y'all laughs> well, got that, that's questions. actually no nah, that's that's i thrive off q and a's
0: I love Q and A, but sometimes people will throw you for a loop. I'm like, what am I supposed to say to this?
2: They they will, but well, she did it it today. It it equips you, yeah. It equips you to kind of Uh, true. I don't know to know a lot. Oh, we
3: said you were prepared for this. You did one with Preston and Preston invents stuff on the spot. Oh, Preston Sprinkle. (laughs)
2: Yeah, Yeah. he
3: don't know what he's going to ask you.
2: Oh, no. Nah. He don't know nothing. Oh, uh, no. Nah. He just be... He just, but I, I, I love Preston. He, Preston's fine. Same. Has, has helped mine a whole lot. Um, That's awesome. Part
0: of your story is obviously you're married to Mr. Pre- uh, Preston Perry. You're Preston. And um, a friend of mine, he is same-sex attracted, um, but he recently just got engaged to a woman. And him and I were chatting yesterday, and I mentioned that I was talking with you today. And after he freaked out, he was like, Can you ask her something for me? I was like, Sure, why not? And uh, he said he's walking, they're planning the wedding right now, which is a whole new thing for him because he's a man. But um, <laughs> they are walking into marriage to get married in June. And he said all of a sudden, a lot of fear and insecurities have been coming up that marriage that he didn't know were there before. And so I guess, um, did you experience those as you and in were preparing and get married? Do you still experience those? And what advice would you have for Chris?
2: I I don't know, Um, I had a world of fear, (laughs) a world of fear, because um, I did not trust men, you know, Um, Mm -hmm. I had been abused sexually by men and abandoned uh, physically by my father. And so Mm -hmm. on top of even just, you know, watching pornography from the age of five to 19, that does something to your mind. And mm-hmm. how you understand or what you think men want and realizing like that's yeah. not that's not me. And so I think all of that together made my relationship with Preston a continual trigger. <laughs> it just was constantly triggered just all the time, which is a blessing because I think when I was single that I don't know, I was able to dodge those fears. Therefore, I never had to deal with that. The fact that I wasn't trusting God in a particular area, but I think like being with Preston brought all these things to the surface where it was like, okay, now I have to bring this stuff to God and go to therapy so that we could work through this thing. Um, so that I can engage with him in a way that's peaceful, but also free. I wasn't, when, when, when you have a bunch of fear, you're just not free. You know, like, so you can't even Mm -hmm. be your whole self, nor can you receive love in the way that you should. And so I guess my encouragement with with him would be don't run away from the fear. Identify the fear. Give it to God and work through it. And uh, I think God is faithful. So,
1: Kind of to follow up on what Henry um, was mentioning about his friend. uh, I was reading in and I want to I want to quote you right here. I was reading an article that you wrote um, for Desiring God, yeah. and uh, you cool. had said something about uh, <laughs> no longer being <laughs> slaves to sin. I think that was the title. Um, Though I'm no longer a slave to sin, I am still tempted to believe that they, this is a quote from, from your article, I'm still tempted to believe that they, not God, will provide joy. Um, so since we, yeah, our yeah. whole theme, this um, this season, season is on resilience, um, and obviously resilience uh. in sexuality and in gender orientation. Uh, reflecting on that quote, how would you, how would you say that you maintain resilience within your own sexual orientation, your own desires, when you think about um, those temptations that you can often kind of. Steer you away from centering back on the God yeah. that provides true joy.
2: Whew. um Have you read a book yet? You wrote a book. No, <laughs> no book, not yet. Let let
1: my kids go to college. Book. I'm not um, like you. I'm not a superwoman. I can't. No, that's, <laughs> not, that's
2: that's not that's that's not exists If the Lord wants you to write a book, he'll, he'll 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 provide space. But um. honestly this is gonna sound super christian i believe god i just mm-hmm. i just believe god and mm-hmm. i and I, I think um one of the things that keeps me is the thought of heaven i constantly think about heaven mm-hmm. because um you know we got first corinthians 6 9-10 through we got romans 1 we got timothy and all the mm-hmm. things and that that it it's 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 true it's it's to me, <laughs> the, the way I see it is that God has made me um, and has designed sexuality to exist in a particular way in submission to his will and his design. And this is honorable. Mm-hmm. But even then, I still have a tendency and a bent to do opposite of what he designed me for sure. and I can I have memories and so I know there's always like two groups you have the people who you know deals with a same gender you know orientation but they never acted out on it so there's all this mystery mm-hmm. I did all the time so I got all these memories I don't have mystery mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying and so mm-hmm. it's me fighting through how that felt and, and 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 the difference between being with them and being with my husband and all the things, but I think so. I say that because I think one of the wrestles is when I was actively pursuing the lesbian life, and now as a wife and a mother, there is there was dis- dissatisfaction on both ends mm. because I was not made for either one of these people. Was made for god Ooh, and, I like and so i feel like having to remember heaven heaven is the place where i will totally be satisfied mm. in every way shape form or fashion and that keeps mm. me going because it just reminds me like you can pursue that if you want to yeah you won't be satisfied wow mm. you won't be satisfied because you weren't satisfied then
1: perfect <laughs> that is no. so so amazing, and and I I don't. I it is learn. it is very Christian, but I actually really love it because yeah, I think I really it like it. It's Christian, but it's practical because, like, oh yeah. Again, I'm married. I have children, and I don't care again what my orientation is, though. I I also am attracted to women. Um, I I have to choose my hu- husband every day. Like every day, I have yeah. to choose that. I've said it on this podcast before. I'll say it again. And I feel like I have to remember that everything else is temporary. Like those temptations are temporary mm-hmm. to the kingdom. So is it worth compromising for one second for temporary joy yeah. when the kingdom yeah. is literally right here, right now? Like it's not even something I'm waiting yeah. for. But it, it's hard. There are like,
2: people willing. Not to interrupt you. No, please interrupt. Uh, Absolutely. You, got, you got you got people willing to destroy their family and their ministry right. for a feeling. Right. Mm-hmm. A feeling, yeah. and it's like God made my feelings. Yeah. God gave mm-hmm. me the potential or the, the the capacity for it, but that is not fully realized into glory. Period. Okay. And so I ha- I have to I have to be like Abraham them. That we're looking for a better city.
0: Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Oh, like, this ain't, this ain't it. This ain't it. Now, look around our world. This, <laughs> this world is it. so ghetto. Ain't no way this is it. It is so ghetto here. There is no way this world is it. And that keeps me going. It mm-hmm. uh-uh. can't be. I refuse can't, to believe this be. is God's best. It can't be. So. It ain't.
1: That's good. That's good. So, well, thank you. Yeah. All right. Well, who's going to do our closing, our closing question? Sorry, Ashley.
3: Can I do it? Yes. it's almost reflecting on that if you were to go back to 19 year old Jackie coming into the church for the first time with all of this on top of you what would you have liked someone to have told her or what would you like to have been able to tell her Mm, mm, mm. that
2: was such a hard season Um, I don't even know girl (laughs) I I really don't (laughs) Because questions like that are, hard. Ho- they're always hard for me because they're hypothetical.
3: Yeah, in um, a sense. Like, yeah, totally. But like, yeah. I think it's just like, what did you need? Or like, because I mean, I look back on that, like something I wish people would have like told me, would have let me know that like this, these things weren't an issue for God or something like that, that I wasn't told. You may mm-hmm. have been told that, but like, what are things that like sometimes someone we wish they would have or definitely should have told us that they didn't?
0: Yeah, because it's like that quote, be who you needed when you were younger. Yeah. So maybe what did younger well, Jackie need? Sorry, Mrs. Perry. And how yeah. could you maybe, yeah, what did younger Mrs. Perry need at the time?
2: The, the, the really beautiful thing is that God provided what I needed pretty quickly. Mm. Oh, that's awesome. So uh, I, I, I came to faith at 19 and was at a church that was very um, gifts centered. And mm-hmm. so I was platformed in the church immediately because I could, I could speak well. Yeah. <laughs> they like, yeah. hey, teach at the youth conference. I don't, I don't even know all the books of the Bible. And they had me like <laughs> preaching, you know what I'm saying? And so, But what was happening was because they were putting so much energy and time into my gift, Mm. they were neglecting to teach me how to walk out and have integrity with my character. And so Mm. at that time... If you're, it, when you don't have integrity, there, there's, there's a sense in which you're also not having intimacy with God and fruitfulness mm-hmm. and, and all the things. And so when I'm dealing with temptations, I'm beating myself up, but I'm beating myself up until and giving into temptations, having condemnation, giving into temptations, having condemnation. Like it was just a back and forth for such a long time until, uh, I was 20 and I got connected to in my book talk about Santoria and she began to teach me how to walk with God and that's what i needed just someone to teach me the simplicity of relationship which mm. is you read his word you get to know his nature you speak to him and you obey and it's a dance <laughs> it doesn't mean it's perfect doesn't mean none of that but just be consistent and he will keep so just i i think when you have a relationship with the lord uh life becomes much more fluid. I, yeah. I really can't explain what I mean.
3: No, I think. But I it's it. just
2: like, nah. Like, he got me. We're good. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, you don't feel... Yeah. The pressure. You're not as... You're not as susceptible to the devil and all of his schemes because now you have faith.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. So. Well, and I love, Jackie, that I think um, a, all a part of God's design that you didn't do it alone, that he brought people into your life. And... Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, and once again, like, I am so thankful that you chose to not walk that path alone, but you also, in some sense, invited all of us in to that yeah. sanctification yeah. <laughs> um, and continue yeah. to do with uh, your newest book, Holier Than Now. So I am just, I am very grateful for, thank you for inviting us into yeah. your life and your process. Thank you for joining us today. It was a yes. blessing. Right. Am I Am I Oh. Oh this no, this is great. Was oh, this is great.
0: The, the highlight of uh, my year thus far. So thank you so much for the gift of your time. Truly. Oh man. Um,
1: Absolutely. Yes. And don't be a stranger now
2: oh, you this, know what. Yeah.
0: I know. Yes. Oh yeah, I got to ask hey, you, too. My, hey, what's up? Oh no, sorry, what? my friend wanted to know when can we expect new music and I want to know are y'all going to get that minivan? <laughs> <laughs>
2: How dare you. four kids is a uh, lot in uh, ikea four kids is a nah, lot it
0: is
2: i said this ain't gonna work and i was just like where has my life come to like I, I'm, I'm like i think i'm cool but i'm just like i just gotta lay that aside for them to, to be practical <laughs> Preston is not team minivan so it's really like he has to become team minivan for it to work i think as, when he keeps coming back and forth putting it in these car seats it'll click mm-hmm. and Get then uh album, album nah it's it's because you got three car seats that's the thing Fem, it's, it's, i'm the oldest a lot. of nine so i understand
3: that doesn't fit
2: oh <laughs> press oh geez y'all had a truck okay, not a truck like a van, okay. van my mom had a 15 a passenger van. sprinter uh-huh. my mom had a she had a sprinter
3: passenger
0: van 15 passenger jesus van. Oh, my goodness.
2: music Eventually, the problem with music, okay. I have I just haven't had time. I've been birthing a lot, writing a lot,
0: yes, uh, but now
2: I have more margin. And so, okay. potentially,
0: don't be like Rihanna where we're never getting this album.
2: <laughs> Listen, Rih- Rihanna is a billionaire from Fenty, that's the difference, sir. <laughs> she, she's I'm gonna she go where I'm
0: making money. <laughs> what do you mean? I wouldn't
1: write one more so. song if I was Rihanna.
0: For sure, I'm like I don't even yeah. need the album. I'm like, okay, girl.
2: <laughs> it it would be a passion product project. Uh-huh. It wouldn't be for no other reason.
1: Well, once so. again, yeah, Miss Perry, Jackie Hill, we Perry, we are so so thankful for having you today, and yeah, thank you for blessing thank us. Y'all. Thank you for blessing our thank listeners. Thank you so much. And yeah, we look forward to seeing what's next on the horizon for you and your family.
2: Amen. Thanks, y'all. All right.
0: Thank you so much. Thank you.